Roger. Yeah, I think you're pulling the wrong one. I'm just... Okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in me. Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Yeah, what? Welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. temperature in here. Getting a call from Columbus, Ohio, just declined it. Those are your headphones, two types of water. One's French, one's undetermined. See how dramatic it is once you put your headphones on? Yeah, it's a very different experience. Now it's all dramatic. Can I? I want to put this higher. You can. What you do is you twist that little baby there, the big one. This right here. See this right here? Oh, this guy, yeah. You twist that, and then and you lift, lift it. it. Yeah. It's heavy though, so. It's heavy. You twist it. There you go. <laughs> guy Montgomery's a tall guy. <laughs> Such a different experience once the music's going. Once we're inside. Ah! Ooh, is it loud enough? The music. It's at Matt's ball right now. I think it's a good, it's okay. a good volume. There's a real urgency to this conversation. Yes. Okay, we got to figure this out. We got 20 minutes to figure this out. Yeah, we, we better get okay. on it. Stan. Who's your dad? Stephen Montgomery. Okay, what does he do? Uh, he does whatever the heck he wants. Do you know him? Yeah, I know him well. Is he great? Yeah, he's a really great guy. That's awesome. Who's your mom? Charlotte Montgomery. What does she do? Whatever the heck she wants. Is she good? Yeah, she's a good lady. All right, okay, good. Uh, what day were you born? The 29th of September. 29th, okay. How was that day? I think it was pretty good. Do you remember it? Not, not vividly. He doesn't remember his birth. How could I? What, what city was it? Wellington, New Zealand, the capital. Whoa. What? what? <laughs> oh, man. You tell me you were born in New Zealand. Yeah, you pulled the rug I right know. out from under me there. Yeah, we're not, we're, we've de-dramified very quickly. We de- it's called de-escalating a conflict. It's something I learned when I was at the CIA in the late 80s. Yeah, well, I, I feel like this has just been reduced to banal conversation now, whereas before you were making my life seem so interesting. We can go back to it right now. Ready? <laughs> You're playing me hot and cold here, Here we go. Johnny. Okay. I need you to be honest here, all right? Okay. Guy Montgomery in the studio right now. You're listening to live to tape. This is Donnie Jeffcoat, the announcer here. 
providing you a full detailed rundown explanation of where we're going, who we are, and where we've been. It's called Kuvadis Days. If you don't understand that, it's probably because you didn't go to Catholic school. Kuvadis is Latin for, where are you going? And my guest today, or Johnny's guest today, this is Donnie Jeffcoat. Uh, yeah. Uh, my guest today is Guy Montgomery. He is, uh, he's, has two parents. They both do whatever the fuck they want to do. And he was born in Wellington, a town that also is where beef was invented. Here we are. Guy, you want to address any issues before we get going? Uh, I, I have no eggs to grind. Okay. Um, feeling pretty good today. Actually, in a pretty good, pretty good spot. So. Have you ever grinded an axe, literally? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not one for manual labour, Zed. Okay. I've got a great frame for it, but I didn't put on any muscle mass. It's not too late. It's never too late. It's never too late to get some protein in that body. Have you ever had a personal trainer? Yes. How was that? It was actually. Hold on a second. It was great. Actually, it kind of sucked. Let's talk about this. It didn't suck. It just was kind of like. You Did know what? I think he didn't know my body as well as I do. Of course, how could he? Did you uh, did you like like them? I learned a lot of stuff about working out. I learned a lot of things I didn't know, but in the end, it was a, an extravagant waste of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like everything, right? Though you just want to outsource. You don't want to work on your self discipline. It's the fix. Right. You just want to. I will pay an expert to solve this problem for me. Right, but even then, that's the weird thing. The weird thing I learned is that they're an expert, right? But they don't know. Like, oh, you're tired right now, but is it tired because you need to stop or tired because you're just a pussy and you need to push through? But sometimes there is sometimes there is a thing where like, oh, you got to stop because if you do too much, it's going to cause a problem. It's going to be anti. It's going to do that thing where it's like, I don't know how to describe it. I've uh, I've physically run my body into the ground once. Really? Yeah. Describe this. Tell me this tale, Guy Montgomery. Uh, I, well, <laughs> it was on a on a wager I'd made with a friend about who would run a half marathon faster. Okay. And was uh, this in a pub? The was it a pub the, wager? Uh, sort of. I mean, it was a, a, at a barbecue, okay. which is like a pub. And a thing in New Zealand, I think we we uh, we socialise more in uh, homes and backyards. Okay. And then in America, I find people socialize more in public spaces. Okay, um, really? Well, actually, maybe, maybe that's more, uh, ref, you know, you can refine that to bigger cities. Like in New York, everyone's very protective over where they live because it's their place to withdraw from the intensity of the city. It's also so small, too. Yeah. It's so GDS. Yeah. Goddamn small. Uh, yeah, of course. Right, everyone, yeah. Knows, everyone knows. It's a very popular yeah. acronym. One of the greats. One of the great acronyms, GDS. O-O-T-G. One of the greats. Oh, one of the greats. See, I would drop the of. I just say ODG. What OTG? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Actually, often you don't. What are those words called? Those little words that hold uh, hold sentences and you know things together. Prepositions oh, or it's something. It's called uh, I mean, like of. Wow, that was a quick punch in from outside the room. I was about to get there, but yeah, I people, was, I was people head don't off. people don't put articles and acronyms. They don't. And I, I, I will not stand for that any longer. These are important words, doing a lot of the heavy lifting. I'm maybe the heaviest lifting, actually. One the greats is nonsense. Yeah, one so the what? Greats. We're gonna we're gonna take away the articles right to be a part of the acronym? There's a reason it's called the Articles of the Confederation. 
That's true. Because, I don't, what are the Articles of the Confederation? I think that was the uh, pre-declaration of the independence in America. There was some sort of agreement before the Declaration yeah, of Independence. It was sort of like the tester. They're like testing out the deck. They're like, let's do this article. This also could be completely not true. I could be wrong because I haven't studied this in about 20 years. So I don't know if it's true. Fair enough. Why would you study it beyond however long you're forced to? I don't know. Maybe it's interesting. To some people. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Someone's interested in everything. Someone is interested in everything. That's, that is uh, ballistic. But mainly sex and feet. Oh, yeah. That's the truth. I want to hear more about the you're talking about public spaces and stuff. How are you talking about this wager? We didn't, I keep sidetracking you. No, that's okay. Well, because I was thinking about, you said. But the, I think the way, this is exciting, because uh-huh. the way the conversation will go is everyone will think, oh, no, they'll never readdress the thing that they spoke about that led them down these, these uh, side alleys. But such is the brilliance of our rapport. We're going to round back real nice and proper. Yeah, it's do 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 It's like that. I was obsessed with that as a kid, like tracing, you know, when you're talking about something and right. then after, say, 5, 10, 15 minutes, you wind up way far out from where you started. Right. And I would always, in my mind, try and like take the steps back from how we'd got from, say, talking about whales to suddenly talking about the, you know, whatever the far like. The, it is interesting. I think it's yeah, it's a, it's a probably yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. But I was always obsessed with it because like there'd be funny stuff that happened in between, and I'd want to remember back to it. And that was right. the the memory trick I would use, I guess. But I wasn't thinking about it as a trick of the memory. It was just something to do. I always have to be careful what I say around certain people because. If we're like on a car trip or something like that, I'll be thinking about something and my mind will wander. And all of a sudden, I don't know where I'll be like, hey, are whales this? Do whales always surface or do they like? And someone will be like, how, how did you get to thinking about that? I'm like, well, I thought about your, your aunt, Nancy, who's talking about how she has like a bad foot and how she can't walk very fast because of that. And so she has to go take swimming lessons. And they're like, oh, swimming lessons. She's a fat lady. So I, I was just like, yeah. But even but more, the, like the amount of thing. mental arithmetic or like yeah. gymnastics you've done to arrive at this. Funnily enough, on the way here, I was listening to your last episode with, uh, oh, I don't know what the canon in which, or order in which these released right. with Blair Saki. Right. And she was talking about walking around. And you you started playing uh, Isaac Hayes' Walk On By, which yeah. is a song I like. And so I, I heard it and I immediately put the piece of context together. And I was like, well, Blair's talking about walking and you're playing a song to, to create the environment of walking. Right. And then after about however long of it, Blair's like, oh, well, I had no, you know, she didn't know the name of the song. She, was, she probably just thought your brain had darted off completely from whatever she was talking about and was like, and a song as well. No, I was I was locked but you in. Were, yeah, you were creating a, a beautiful ambiance. I was locked in. It was the one time I thought of that. I liked it. Thanks. But that's a, I think that's a representation of what we're talking about, right? It's like not everyone has the same information as you. So yeah. when, when you say something which seems so obvious, like that's what happens on hallucinogens and whatnot, where it's right. like something that is so clear and obvious to you, no one else has any of the surrounding context. Yeah, it's, a, it's very personal. And that's like that's what when I started doing stand up, it's like when you're trying to like represent the funniest you can be with your friends, right. you're trying to recreate the broadest amount of context so that a room full of strangers can understand why a thing is funny. Yeah, you have to really kind of boil it down to the essence of what it is mm. and, and quickly. Oh, and fast, lightning fast. Yeah. So you're talking about being at a uh, at a at a barbecue. That's right. And making a wager. Yeah. With a friend who was a uh, semi-professional athlete. He okay. played the sport of rugby sevens. Does he have uh, big old puffed up ears? 
No, he's got beautiful. He is a beautiful guy, actually. Okay, I bet. He's not like the guys who get the puffed up ears are the Fords. Okay. Because they're always putting their heads in, in the and like, scrum. Yeah, and like in rucks and like just putting their heads around a lot of like big, burly, moving parts. Right. It looks horrible, doesn't it? It looks terrifying. Mm. But evidently, it's safer than football because you don't yeah. wear helmets, so people don't. People are very protective of themselves all that's, the time. That's right. Yeah, and also, yeah, rugby doesn't have the uh, the amount of construct or money to bury, you know, decades of research into oh, yeah. concussion. You know about that. Yeah. So, all yeah. you know, all of the information the public has had has always been the same information that the rugby boards have. It's like, oh, here, it's oh like, it hurts. Yeah. Oh, no, it hurts. And then <laughs> the rugby board goes, no, you can't say that. Otherwise, everyone will know it hurts. When you try and stop someone who's 130 kilograms from running as fast as they can. With your head. Yeah. But so, so we're, yeah, he's a semi-professional athlete, and right. I'm just a, a lank person who used to be okay at middle distance running. Right. Middle distance is like a half marathon? Uh, shorter than that. Like, okay. You know. Like um, 10K. Yeah, maybe 10K. 10K. Uh, and so the, 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 the details were laid out wherein he was allowed to – he had sevens training on at the time, which is very fitness and intensive. Right. So he, he wasn't allowed to train outside of the semi-professional athletics training he was doing anyhow. Wow. And Wasn't I, allowed to? Yeah. By who? Uh, by the, the board? By the stipulation of the bet, yeah, by the board yeah. of, uh, you know, the overseers of mm -hmm. the, the arrangement. I, however, I could do – I could run to my heart's content. Right. Um. But this was, I just chose not to, you know, I chose not to, to follow this uh, option. Yeah. You know, it's nice to, I could do anything really. It's like every day I, I, I could, you know, do something brilliant and yet I choose not to. Every yeah. day you could do something brilliant. But every, day, every day anyone could do anything. That's true. But well, sometimes we, things take time. Yeah. You got to build up like you're talking about. You got to build up your, uh, your, your, your uh, endurance. That's right. Uh, and so I didn't. I didn't train at all. He did his sevens training the night before. There was sort of we were by. Well, you didn't train at all. No, I, like a week before, I ran fifteen k's and it went okay. Wow. And so I thought, oh, I can. My body's ready for this. I'd done a half marathon like a year prior, and I right. think in the back of my mind, I was hoping there was still some residual fitness from how my body was biologically twelve months ago. Uh huh. And uh, so. By by happenstance, yeah, the night before the race, we're at another barbecue and we had a few beers and we were sort of, you know, trash talking one another. This is the night before? Yeah. So this is weird. You, you guys in New Zealand do a lot of this, you're saying the barbecue thing. Yeah, it's, at least two annually. That's big in South Africa too. And this is like a sort of a connection between New Zealand and South Africa. It's tend to be like, you're in the south, you're in the southern yeah. equator. Yeah. You're, and that's uh, that gets that's you through it. a lot of conversation with South Africans. You know, we're always speculating, what's going on up on that other side of the equator? Hey, you're down there. In the, you're, you're, you're both south, yeah. the different side of south. Yeah. But they fucking love having barbecues. Yeah, they love big, uh, big sausages. Big sausages. And, and a lot of other places in the world, they like to have little, you know, regular size individual <laughs> sausages. But in South Africa, they go, no, one big sausage. One big sausage, and big it's all—it's all killed up. It looks like yeah. an intestine. Is that what an intestine looks like? I think it's called a borver. Yeah, borvers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, borvers. Yeah, borvers. Yeah, oh yeah, come round. We'll cook a borvers. Come to Bry. Have have crazy. <laughs> cas I have castellite. It's crazy. It's like a like a yeah, you got it. But yeah, I think that, and we're connected by the uh, sports that the countries play. Right, cricket. And cricket and rugby. 
but the ties that bind us. Right. Uh, and yeah, so it's the, the the night before the race, and we're trash talking. And I actually nerves have crept in, of course, because I am fully aware that I am ill prepared. Right. For the twenty-one kilometer jaunt. Twenty-one k. Yeah, I don't know what that is in miles. Um, frankly, I refuse to learn. Although the longer I spend here, the more I realize it would be uh, advantageous about, for me to learn. I think it's about seven or eight miles. N- wow. Fifteen miles. Fifty. Was that what they? Was that what they said? Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah. That's how we should do the rest of this podcast. Is just miss, just search for information and have it be brought to us instantaneously. I I often miles. feel so thick. Yeah. I just have no. I have no retention. You know, there are weird pockets of things I know a lot about. Right. But I haven't done any work on remembering anything. It's just the stuff that's naturally risen to the top. Right. So I have huge. You know, just. Tremendous Huge gaps, yeah, massive gaps across the spectrum of my mind. That's one of them. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's do you do you have good retention? I have. Uh, sometimes I do. I have pretty good retention. Yeah. When you you talk, you... <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a, a different thing. Than, it sounds like something else. <laughs> yeah, I'm able oh. to retain water, but some days I piss a lot. Yeah. Some days I'm like, what's going on here? I can't stop pissing. Oh no. What's a good retention? Well, I want to play a retention song. Uh, I don't know. Good. God, I can't even think of a song. Songs on the right theme now. of retention. I'm having an issue with song. Have you heard this? I'll, I'll play a song for you here. I'll play it. Um, Jesus Christ, this is not going high. One minute to go. Hey, don't feel too badly about okay, it. I'm going to find this while you while you research. I can continue uh, regaling you with this sort of. I at, have to find this at least okay anecdote. No, I like it. I'm I'm into it. Here it is. Hold on a second. Okay, I have I have a bunch of songs here. I think this one of these songs will be good for this what we're talking about here. About retention. Uh-huh. But you got friends, right, who uh you talk to them and they can remember all the character names from a, a book that they read four years ago. Right. And you're like, Where's that coming from? Is this sh- shooting star? Yes it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you know that? Uh, I when I first moved to Auckland, New Zealand, I lived in a house with some aspiring DJs who yes. would use this song to learn how to mix. <laughs> it's a very oh my gosh, they're back at it. The lads are downstairs in the lobby <laughs> on the ones and twos. It's such a uh, such a catchy song. It truly is, and it also spawned that uh, popular meme. Right, this right. is a meme song. It was a SpongeBob meme, right? I, I remember it was like someone who was spinning out because yes, the, that's it. Yeah. Um, Oh, this is honestly a flood of, of memories. Wow. They would have this parade of other aspiring DJs around to our house every night, and they'd be doing very cheap ecstasy, which essentially amounts to rat poison in New Zealand in the lobby or the lounge, sorry. Oh, my God. And I'd be in bed. like the I'd, lobby? What is that? The lobby's it's, like a, yeah, a hotel. I, I chose the wrong word. Oh, okay. I uh, like that you said lobby. I mean, it was a funny idea. Like, a bunch of people in a lobby yeah. of an apartment building. Enforcing, forcing themselves yeah. upon. But I'd have to get up at 5am to go to my I was a meet and greet on like a breakfast show so I'd say hello come on in here's the green room have a coffee and so I'd be getting up while all these people were we're playing shooting stars over playing shooting and over stars and over, again. over and over again like just trying to get some early element of the bars right wow that's funny yeah Okay, but we're talking about retention. Yeah, I retain a bunch of stuff. We gotta get to the. Uh... No, I can. Yeah, can you remember character names from a book you read three years ago? Uh, probably not. 
When you read a book, do you visualize what's happening or do you just absorb the information and move forward? I think everyone visualizes it. You have to. You see a build, if it describes a building, you see the building. Yeah, you have to. Even when you said building just now, I thought of a building. I barely see the building. That's not true. You can't you can't do that. Your brain doesn't work that way. It does. I sort of I, I What are you thinking about then? I don't have vivid images of people's faces when I'm reading a book. What about the like um like I've got like it's all sort of soft focus, you know. Interesting. The the motivations and the action and the conversation is all very uh, real and crystal clear to me, but right. like the actual uh, specifics of how that all looks huh. is uh, is all like slightly abstract. See, I always end up thinking about things that are similar to places I've been before. Yeah. It's like it looks kind of like my friend Jonathan's house when I grew up, but it's not his house. It's like. An amalgamation so, that, of that. That sounds a little bit like it's in soft focus because like there's elements that are true, but you're not imagining the characters in your friend Jonathan's house. No, but it is like a soft, it's like a dream sort of thing where yeah. it's we're in you know that part of Wayne's world where they're like um, it's like we're in Wayne's basement, but we're not in Wayne's basement. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's like a recreation. It's a you know my it's a good word is the word um, oh, not pastiche, a simulacrum. Oh, that's a fucking big. That is a, a top shelf word. Simulacrum is truly one of the best top shelf words. That is, that's the sort of word if I hear someone use it, I go, well, that's your word of the day. Yeah, simulacrum. To use that word, you basically have to be a some sort of an urban scholar, like a thing. An image Wait, or represent- you, you had it in the bank. Yeah, because I used to listen to this guy, James Howard Kunstler, a lot, and he would talk about things being a simulacrum. Because he was like really critical of urban spaces and how like things are sort of made to look like you go to like a a cheap hotel someplace and it has that big portico where like you pull your car through and you look at the what the shit's made of and it's essentially it's a uh, foam that's been sprayed with concrete stucco and it's made of nothing. Yeah, but it's supposed to, it's like a simulacrum of an old style type of building that would have been made of something. It was actually took an artist to create. Took yeah. years to create. So a simulacrum could be any like any an approximation of something which is not as good as the original article, or like it represents something yeah. as well. And I just I, I guess so. So I think, the connotations are kind of not oh, not necessarily negative, but like they're 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 more foreign than the thing to which you're referring, I like think the so. original article. I guess so. Yeah, I think it's considered a lot. I think it's considered an uh, an unsatisfactory substitute. Mm. Mm-hmm. But is it always unsatisfactory, or is it just occasionally foreign? I think that's how you use it. It's like, oh look, it's it's a it's a simulacrum of a portico. I'm gonna um, have a real red hot go at working that into some conversation. Yes. I'm gonna alienate some people by trying to present myself as more intelligent than I am because that's my shit. But you knew the word when simulacrum I said, when I said it. No, you you you, oh. you just I only know it now because you explained it. Had to you me. heard it before? Uh Parts of it, simul, okay. for example, that does the rounds. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes Akram sense. Is uh, absolutely out of the blue. Yeah, the simu- I guess so. But you know, you can put the pieces together with the words you surround it with. Right, you, you can know, simulate the acronym. Words are the measure of a word is the company it keeps. They say. I've never heard that. Yeah, I don't think it's been said before. Yeah, well, just another now it one has. of these searingly brilliant original insights available is Johnny and Guy crack the whip. Let me put on a whip sound effect. It's one of my favorite things <laughs> yeah, of all time. No, it is. You, you love whips. I do love whips. Some of that makes me laugh. Laugh. <laughs> laugh. Is, it's funny that they make you laugh. Sim- simulacrum. <laughs> Say it right. 
That's, this is a bad one. The best is like a dude in his backyard. They, Master Whipman, who you, because uh, you, you dug this guy up for Blair as well. Oh, I did. I love the whip cracking shit. Graduated college. That's a whip cracker. This guy plays songs with whips. That's He's a incredible. Real dork. He must have a strong wrist. Hello. My is a slight variation on a more familiar crack called the Cattleman's Crack. The Cattleman's Crack looks like this. As you can see this, in the Cattleman's Crack, this is what I'm talking about when I say someone is right interested in, in everything. Yeah. Like someone is obsessed up. with whips it to the point. Behind me, this is where they are. Forward, and this the guy is out in, in the snow <laughs> in a t shirt with a coat jeans. Crack. He's standing in like a foot of snow, t shirt and jeans, casually explaining the different types of whip cracks there are. This is a true. Lunatic. Absolutely. Why? That does not need to be a cold climate activity. No. But I guess, yeah, if you're, if you're a real whip cracker. These sorts of things can't hold you back. We've gone so far astray again. That's okay. I'm okay. Not, I'm not too worried about it. We talked it. about simulacrum. I mentioned that because you're talking about the, oh, the, the Bag Raiders song, the, the shooting stars. It all stems from saying that in, in the context of the race, I was hoping that I was still uh, remotely fit from having run a similar length race in, right. a year earlier. Uh, but so this was the night before the race. Right. And then that morning, uh, we were congregated together amongst some other runners, preparing to uh, set off on our race. The stakes of which, by the way, the uh, loser had to get the winner's initials and uh, winning time tattooed on their uh, right buttocks cheek. Was it an official race? Yeah, it was an official. It was the Auckland Marathon and Half Marathon. Yeah. So you guys were you had a sub race inside of it. Yeah. That's a, right. A private sub race. And that was the beauty of it. We were walking around and we were thinking, none of, these even, none of these idiots even know what the real race is. The real race is it's for attack. Yeah, the real race is between us lads. So you, you and your lad, let's just call him Jerry. Yeah, let's. Let's call him Jerry. You guys, so you had a few nights, a few beers the night before in the lobby yeah. listening to people practice DJ. Uh, you were no, talking shit. Sep- no, those are, those, those are two separate okay, uh, physical it. places. Got it. The so song triggered that memory. Triggered it. So you were... But we were outdoors at a barbecue. You don't right. barbecue in a lobby. That would be pandemonium. Well, uh, yeah, I think it would be, unless it, was, unless it was equipped for that, though. Yeah. Maybe it's equipped. That's true. I mean, it's some pretty good ventilation, because barbecuing generally suggests that you're going to have something on the grill. Right. We're talking some bullverse. We're talking some uh, separated sausages. Separated sausages. Some eaves of corn, perhaps. Eaves? We say ears. Yeah, I think I think ears eaves. is right. Eaves might work as well. You said, is that how you say ears? Eaves? Ears? No, no, no. Eaves and ears are different words. This is how you say something with a New Zealand accent. You say, oh, I've got some ears here, corn. I've got some ears of corn here. Some ears of corn here. Hey, I got some ears of corn here. <laughs> what do you reckon? Should we throw them on? Hey, sorry, we've been cooking the corn next to the sausages. I know you're a vegetarian. Is that okay? We can wipe it down and start again if you like. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, we forgot. Yeah, I know, Angela. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Oh, what was the thing you said on the show that Sombo was so funny? That the way the Americans like say, "What is it? Is it? It's not no way. It's whoa! Oh, yeah. oh New Zealand! Ho ho! Wow!" <laughs>
Americans love uh, putting a lot of emphasis on wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. That's really far away. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought about hey, that. Hey, how long is the plane flight? To Los Angeles? Yeah, from New Zealand. 12 or 13 hours? Wow! <laughs> That's right. Wow! It's such a long flight! <laughs> How was it? It was okay. They have movies on planes now. See, I'll be New Zealand. And I'll, I'll be, be America. Here we go. Oh, it's... Uh, hello there. Can I get some directions over to where the coffee shop is? Oh, my God. Where are you from? That's such an interesting accent. Oh, I'm from New Zealand. Oh, wow! <laughs> New Zealand? That's right. I'm from New Zealand. Oh, no way! Oh, it's so beautiful down there. The the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's right. We shot the Lord of the Rings the down there. The Hobbit. The Hobbit was shot down the there as well. The All Blacks. That's the rugby, the rugged team. Oh, wow. Are oh, you a big fan of the rugby team? No, no, but I I know you've got them. Oh, that's <laughs> so interesting. Well, it is. It's, it's where I live. How right. long did it take for you to get here? Well, I mean, how long, how many years? What, what, what do you mean exactly? What, what, did you fly? I flew here. That's correct. How long was that? About 12, 13 hour flight. Oh, I could never do that. Well, but you could. You probably could, mate. No, no, I, I, I'm not allowed to fly. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got a, a blood circulation thing. Oh, you've got a DV? Deep vein thrombosis. Yeah, so it's it's actually a huge uh, health health hazard. So my doctor said I can't fly. Wow. Yeah, so I'm landlocked. <laughs> That's amazing. I've seen all of uh, the the Americas, but um, you know, New Zealand's kind of my white whale. <laughs> you should do this accent. I, I want to see this character on TV. It's like the I don't know what it is. There was this guy I worked with who was from Australia, I think, and he. He had to stay in his American accent the whole time on set, otherwise he would like bleed over. And it's funny, it's a similar kind of thing. It's like this certain sort of um he was like a very like you know, standard attractive kind of bro dude, very like just just good looking dude, like good looking like hey, what's up? My name's my name's Jason. Welcome. Hey, oh, yeah, I'm going to the gym now. Just a real like normal Regular kind guy. of guy. Yeah. Super funny guy though. Um but he that's how his voice sounded as an American. It just has that sort of like something about if you're from Australia or New Zealand, you're doing an American accent. You sound kind of like, like, hey, what's up? Yeah, man. It's just a, it's you literally just strapped every American accent you've heard through consumed media on top of it itself. So yeah. it's like it's like you know if you if you layer everyone's faces on top of each other, eventually you get like the most the more faces you put on top of it, the oh, more attractive yeah. the person becomes. That's a good. I never thought about that. Before. That makes sense. And so an accent, it's just like all of the American accents you've heard, and it sort of just comes out like just super. Sometimes a little too friendly, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and there's no it, there's no place it derives from specifically. It's just America. It's almost like San Diego meets, I don't know, the Midwest, Ohio. Yeah. Or Indiana. Oh yeah, you got you got to come to Indiana sometime. Hey, I'm from Chicago. Hey. Hey, I'm from Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. Uh, all that to say. I understand why that guy had to stay in the accent, though, because otherwise, you know, you might drop it and then start again, and you've got a slightly different American accent. Right? Yeah, you have to keep it. You have to keep it real. Keep it fresh. Once I drove for four hours with a friend from Blenheim to Christchurch, and uh, the stereo was busted. Right. And we wound up for the last two hours. We sort of started talking like these guys, and then eventually, we we just went on a little two-hour run. 
where we talk like this for the whole second half of the drive. Which is sort of like like gruff southerner. Kind yeah, of like, sort of generic southerner, like the uh, oil baron from The Simpsons. I, I, I will say my favorite southerner is kind of a bit like I this. I like this guy. Now, this guy I like. It's like, well, I, I, I see where you're coming from. But you have to understand, now, we've I, been I, down here for a long time. <laughs> we oh. haven't had anything to eat. And Mama's <laughs> sitting here. She's just she's all sort of distressed about this. Well, I can appreciate that. Well, I understand you can appreciate it, but you can appreciate it all at once, but it doesn't put any food in my mouth. Well, here. You, you, no, we sorry, a, you go ahead, sir. We bought a first-class ticket on the assumption that we'd be fed. And... And and I I understand. Sir, it's a it's a thirty minute flight. There's no food service. But it's a, it's nine a.m. This is a common well, breakfast. You get a muffin. I don't. We need something hot. We need something hot. Mama needs something hot and ready to go. <laughs> we, I like. See you. now that kind of changed. I kind of got a little more redneck when it was started off as the real like. I, I I find it difficult to understand a man as such a, as yourself yeah, coming yeah. from an area without any sort of particular. Yeah, extrication of a There's always a small British twang inside of that guy as well. I think there is a bit of British twang in there because, as I have been led to believe by certain linguistical activity idealicals, is that a deep southern accent in America simulates, is sort of a simulacrum, if you will, of a traditional English accent from said such time of Shakespeare. Well, how about that? Well, how about that? Well, how about that? Well, how about that? The difference between this and, and this and this is not that big. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, supposedly that's the case. Supposedly people in the South sound like how Shakespearean era uh, people from England talked. It's very well, similar. I, for one, believe you. I, it's Because, I mean, and there's only so many ways to talk. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so many ways you can speak English. New Zealand is pretty much, they've taken it as far as you can go. <laughs> New Zealand's like, okay, we're hey. going to fucking make this shit weird. And you're still <laughs> going to be able to understand it, but it's going to be on the edge of understanding. Yeah, what's the, what's the impression of the New Zealand accent to you? Do we, I mean, do, I feel like people immediately assume that we're slow. I think to me it's just, it's like the sort of thing where when I hear it, I just think of the most pleasant person who is sort of like, Oh dear! I just haven't I've had my legs chopped off. Well, I have to sew that up. It's sort of just yeah, like yeah. A, there's an element of the psyche sewn into the accent, like a classic understatement. It's like, oh, that's right. a bit of a bummer. So like, you're missing both your legs. Yeah, yeah. I so said it's like a, a bit of a bummer. I would say there's like an inherent dryness. Yeah. That is because I think I'm, I mean because I think about this because I really like I like accents a lot and I think about. The New Zealand one, to me, makes me think that it comes from, okay, obviously it's an island, so it's island culture. Island culture is very specific, like Hawaii. People who are from Hawaii have a very specific way of talking and also a way of thinking because there's like this sort of sort of like togetherness that if you live in an island that's isolated, you kind of have to be, we're friends. We have like, we, we get along, we go along to get along because we have to because we're sort of isolated. Yeah. And there's also, but there's also a British Commonwealth. So there's like this weird mixture of things. Yeah. It's also pretty much tropical. Like New Zealand's like semi tropical. So, yeah, it's sort of subtropical. The further yeah. south you go, the less tropical it becomes. Right. And it gets quite cold it does, in the winter. But it's fucking beautiful. Oh, there's no denying it. I think that's what creates it, makes it so interesting. Because England, obviously, is kind of, I mean, it's an island, but it's not the same. No. 
Well, no, it's it's, it's a different island altogether. Yeah. yeah. Where's it? The other it's at the other end of the flipping world. Other end of the flipping world. You don't have that kind of. There's just something about it that makes it people there. Yeah, it's like there's like a dry humor element to New Zealand. Yeah, I think like I I think, uh, and this might be uh, maybe it's you know uh, mis- misguided national pride or presumptuous. <sighs> yeah, but I think conversationally, I think New Zealanders have the finest sense of humor. Really? Yeah, I really I really think, and co- like an ordinary New Zealander, I think in conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- I also think this is probably rose tinted glasses. Now I live in America, so I, I sort of you know I pine for. The, uh, my memory or the idea of what yeah. the conversation it's sort of like you know when you you uh, f- experience heartbreak and then as you pine for the person you only remember the you know the you best. amplify and remember the best of the person not yeah. all of the reasons that you went why you wound up breaking up yeah uh but so yeah i think that there's there's they're naturally good at conversation like here in america everyone's so earnest mm-hmm. all of conversation seems to be rooted in fact it's like if i want to start having a a, a conversation that is abstract about whatever say you know the metal that they've used for this we're like, oh this is a this is a cool music stand right you know and then in in new zealand that might spawn a conversation about you know music stands you've used or you know ways in which the top can be floppy mm-hmm. but in america if someone catches wind of that they go oh yeah my my brother actually works with iron uh and here's some facts I remember about iron. And you're like, I don't want to talk. I don't want you to tell me information that you've got rattling around. Like, can we just talk about nothing? Yeah. I, again, again, that's probably the product of being on an island. But I also think there's a lot of parts of America that would uh, engage in that fancy. Mm. Any kind of small regions. Small yeah. regions. Small regions love uh, chewing the fat. Shooting the breeze. Palaver. Palaver on an idea. Yeah. I love that. Do you love that? Are you from a small region? I'm from a smallish region, yeah, but not that small. But I, I've spent a lot of time in small regions, especially in the south, too, because the south— For work? For work and my family's from—half of my family's from the south. I think that's probably a big part of it, too, is the thing where um, people in America tend to be in a hurry a lot. Mm. Like, because Americans have it's, that they're fucking— the, They're the most important people. Most important people, so much shit to do, so much sense of, like, uh, uh, have to get this done. It's incredible that Americans have created more for themselves to do than anyone else the world over. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's, an, it's something that I think a lot of Americans have trouble even recognizing, let alone actually actively being like, hey, um, let's, not, let's not always be doing it's really hard. It's even hard for me, for sure. There's this guy I used to be really big fans of named Tom Hodgkinson. He's a writer. He's a British writer. He wrote this magazine called The Idler. Wrote a book called How to Be Idle. It's all about basically doing it's a good less. Title. It's a good title for a book. Yeah, How to Be Idle. Yeah. Yeah, he talks all about this stuff, and I, I should reread it, actually. It's, it's probably about, uh, just from you saying, it's probably about to become tremendously in vogue once more. Great stuffing stocker. You think uh, so? Great gift for the holidays. Yeah, yeah, I think you know it's it sort of uh, folds into the whole idea of wellness, you know, and people are taking time out for themselves. Yeah. Meditation's having a real renaissance. It is. Everyone's meditating. Everyone's listening to the same British guy through that app. Are they are you serious? Yeah. What app is it? Headspace. Oh, I've heard about this. I don't use Close it. Close your you eyes. Soft focus. Some deep breaths. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. And then, when you're ready, on an exhale, close your eyes 
Okay. ...that looks like this, and the end of the whip has actually swung up underneath the rest of the whip. And <laughs> and is okay, relax. Think about a whip cracking in your brain. <laughs> yeah. Think about a small whip crackling. Whoosh, whoosh. Now, today I want you to think about the end of a leather whip just gently tickling your fingers, <sighs> being rubbed up on that little bit of your finger in between where your fingers are, where your, your hands becomes fingers. <sighs> I'm thinking about it. Hello there, the name is DJ Luna, and I'm gonna be your DJ for this demonstration. Now today, for our sound demonstration, we're gonna do something a little bit different. Today, I'm gonna break the sound barrier. That's right, break the sound barrier. Now, how do I intend to do that? Well, I don't exactly have a few million dollars at my disposal to go ahead and buy a, a fighter jet, so what I'm gonna do is the next best thing. I'm gonna go ahead and see if I can get this right here to go faster than the speed of sound. So, how do I do that? For that, I am gonna go ahead and use an eight foot long leather eight flat bullwhip. So what I'm gonna demonstrate for you today is the overhead crack when cracking this whip. Alrighty folks, cracking the eight foot bullwhip. When cracking the eight foot bullwhip, what you wanna do is you wanna swing the whip over your head. When you're doing the Shut overhead up. crack, swing the whip forward. Let me go ahead and do a all right, once you go ahead and get the full This guy extended. sucks. <laughs> that guy totally sucks. He was just a bit of a nerd about whips. Super nerd. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, all, all of that to say, um, it's good to be here. It's beautiful good to be country, here. beautiful, you know, beautiful time of the year. I agree with what you're saying, though. It is, that's just, I didn't realize that stuff is getting more in vogue. Oh, the wellness thing, yeah. Yeah. I, th I think how to be idle, you know, like people, everyone, feel, everyone feels and insists that they're so busy. Yeah. You know, we've all got inboxes, mate. Yeah. Uh, that everyone sort of craves the idea of being able to cordon off this little section of space for themselves in their day or, you know, within their uh -huh. own mind. So how to be idle, it's like, oh, well, I'd quite like to know how to be comfortable just sitting by myself, not having the need to reach for my phone and just mindlessly trawl through whatever the fuck someone else has done today. Yeah. I mean, this book was written about 10 or 15 years ago, so I'm curious what, because that's kind of outdated, if you think about it, in terms of like a lot of, there's a lot of well, stuff the, the, now. The, distra the distractions are different, but the, the basic premises or, you know, the ideas uh, of what he's talking about and ways to be idle, I would imagine, are the same. It's just like... I remember him talking a lot about how, um, like, something takes the time you have to do. Mm. Like, if you have three hours to get this thing done, it'll take three hours. That's so true. That's, I mean, the power of deadlines, right? Mm -hmm. Can't get anything done without a deadline. Deadline. And also he talks a lot about how... Like the idea of wanting something, like wanting to buy something, how if you just maybe think about it and then just realize, he was saying how he really wanted to buy a Range Rover. And he went and tested it out. And he was like, I guess, you know, that was really nice, but I don't really need this. <laughs> it just, it's like you don't That's need That's quite it. an expensive example. It is. It's but like, he, he didn't get it. Oh, I see. He was talking about the idea of if people are so driven to purchase things and how like that's such a big part of of uh, consumer society is a real big part of what drives so did, did people. So did the guy genuinely want a Range Rover? I think he did, yeah. He was lusting after eventually, it. And eventually, after visualizing it, he thought, you know, actually, maybe just a RAV4. I guess, or maybe no car or something. Yeah. Just the idea of walking places or biking is instead of instead of driving. Just that, basically the idea of just slowing everything down and also not feeling guilty about stuff. Someone's like, yeah. oh, I, oh, something I remember he said a lot. It was when people say, 
oh, I had too many beers last night. And yeah, and he says, oh, I had the exact right, I had the exact right amount of beers. Yeah. I, I love saying I had the right amount of beers. Yeah, I had the exact right amount of beer. Well, you know, often there's an element towards the, the bum end of the night where you might get it wrong by one. Yeah. You know, oh, I had one more beer than I needed. Yeah. That's okay. Because you can know that the next morning, someone you wake up, you're feeling crisp. You're like, oh, my gosh, the perfect amount of beers. The feeling, day's off to a flyer. Feeling crisp. Yeah, and then the other days you wake up and you go, oh, it's going to take 25 extra minutes for me to be up and running this morning yeah. because I had one extra beer. I think that's what he was talking about, though, is how, like, it's okay to be hungover. Yeah. It's I okay had one, to be, like, I feel had bad. I had one extra beer last night. You did? Yeah. What kind did you have? Uh, it was some sort of IPA. <laughs> I love hearing the word IPA with your accent. Yeah. An IPA. An IPA. An IPA. I feel like they're on the downward dip now. They were so they were, they were riding so hot. Everyone was going, oh, yeah, it's really hoppy. It's really citrusy. <laughs> they actually sourced the, the barley from uh, Ohio, so that's why it's got that really earthy taste through the middle. <laughs> and it's got such a tangy finish. Just put the fucking beer in the cup. You gotta say something about how it has a, it's hazy, it has a yeah. juicy. An yeah, it's an, unfil- it's an unfiltered pilsner, so uh, that's why it's a bit more cloudy than usual. Don't worry though, it's still good to drink. Huh. That's why it costs two more dollars. Yeah, I actually had a few of those last night myself. <laughs> what are you guys doing after this? Can I come? I'm so lonely. No one wants to talk to me because all I do is talk about the component ingredients of beer, which are three basic things: hops, yeast, <laughs> and water. And, oh, I guess there's four, right? Barley. 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 Yeast. Hops. Barley. Yeast. Hi. I'm Reese Darby. <laughs> He's how I started. When I started doing comedy, uh-huh. he was, I was essentially, I took his uh, energy right. and almost cadence to an extent. What's that noise? I think it's my phone. It could have been mine. I was going to text you. I was going to see if you're on iMessage. Oh. Because I was going to send you a song. Do it. Send it to me. To set, uh, it's like just a New Zealand song. To uh, set a, a New Zealand feel. Ooh, let's do it. I wonder if you're going to like it. I, 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 I see. That we need to get into the music here. We got to get into it a little bit. So I know because I love, I, I love this, uh, this show. I love listening to it. Send it to me. Yeah. I'm, well, it's my phone, isn't it? See, I'm working on it. No, it's me. I think. Also, who cares? It's just a little RF hit. Uh, shall I just RF tell you? Shall I tell you the yeah, name? Yeah, tell of me it? the name of it. It's by Trinity Roots, right. and it's called The Dream. Roots, the dream. And those are the details. Okay. Here it is. Yeah. This is when you're, when you're talking about a New Zealand barbecue. This is it. Some sort of song like this will be playing in the background quite often. Which is basically people talking and someone plunking. Oh, here it goes. There you go. Oh, wow. Because New Zealand is a little bit of a hippie place, isn't it? Elements of, yeah, there's a, like, there's quite, reggae is quite popular, or our equivalent of reggae, you know, like, iterations of reggae. So it's a little bit crunchy, a little bit like, hey, yeah. man. It's nice, it's a nice place to smoke weed. Yes. Do you smoke a lot of weed? It's also illegal to do. Uh, I smoke a little bit of weed quite a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I like to just have a little bit of weed. It makes me feel so good. Do you like this? I do. This is definitely a version of reggae. Yeah. I can tell you right away because it was called Trinity Roots. Anytime the word, see the word roots in something, it usually means there's reggae involved. Absolutely. Uh, 
But so yeah, the the, the barbecue finishes, race morning commences, all yes. of the oblivious idiots surround us as we prepare to embark on our private race. Right. The stakes of which have been laid out for you, the listener. Tats. That's right. Uh, and so we begin running, and over the first five kilometres, uh, we're running together. We're in quite a good mood. We're actually talking. You know when you're feeling quite good and you can talk when you're running? You're with your mate. Yeah, with the guy I'm competing against. Right. And then sort of the next five to ten, so the sixth to the tenth kilometres, uh, the conversation starts dropping off because we're both starting to concentrate a little more. Like also, the blood's flowing. We're getting a little bit tired from talking. Yeah. No one's pulling ahead? No one's pulling ahead. It's a 21-kilometre race, so there's okay. ample time for that. And also, you know, we sort of, I imagine, I think both of us imagined that I don't know that the, the the business would go down towards the tail end of the race. Wow, like a like a flat sprint. Thing. Yeah, like there was a mutual understanding oh. and respect that we'd probably run at roughly the same pace for the majority of the race. Okay. Uh, and so as we continue running, you know, uh, it's quite hilly and it's quite warm. Are the other details <laughs> that it's important for you to know. Is this where is this in Wellington? Auckland, New Zealand. Auckland, okay. And uh, as we're doing that, uh, I start to notice from kilometres 11 through 15 that Dave looks, sorry, Jerry looks fantastic. Uh-huh. Like, he has, has beautifully... He's no- hitting his stride. Yeah, his ears still normal, as they were at the beginning of the race. His yeah. hair's, like, bouncing really gently. It's not, like, pasted down with sweat like mine is. Uh-huh. And I notice a very fine uh, series of beads collecting on my forehead, uh, which, you know, I, I feel incredibly hot, but right. to touch the sweat, it feels incredibly cold. Ooh. And I think this is probably... A perilous sign. Uh, <laughs> and as the race continues, uh, kilometres sort of what would be kilometres 16 through 21, uh, I realise that I'm, I'm in disarray right now. And uh, if I don't do something about it, you know, I'm going to lose this race. How are you feeling? You're feeling faint? I'm feeling a little bit faint. Dizzy? A little bit dizzy. And I feel like Dave's, you know, going to pull this. He's, he looks fantastic. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know how I look. I don't know how I'm presenting, but I feel like body parts are falling off. Yes. And so I think, well, I'm just going to try and gas Dave right now, get the jump on him, and then hopefully he won't be able to catch up. So okay. I go to, we're going down a hill, and I'm about, you know, half a foot taller than Dave. Okay. So I've got a stride advantage, but that's, yeah. that's uh, you know, going downhill means that that's not as advantageous as it might be if it was on the incline. This is a true scientific thing, that's right. Yeah, and so as I'm, I'm trying to pace away from Dave, he's sort of keeping up, and uh, I sort of start to feel my legs... Uh, are not as strong and sturdy as they might have uh-huh. been. And uh, the last thing I vividly remember hearing is uh, one of the course minders who points out the way that you need to run, saying, uh, you need to go to ground now. <laughs> and my legs entirely give way as I run my body into a berm uh, and, like, lay there, and uh, I, I, I can't stand like a newborn foal. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I stand up, and then the course miner's like, okay, you know, and I, I uh, eventually they give me some water, and I tried to pee, and I had, like, to have two people support me while I'm, tried like... Tried to pee? Yeah, I really had to pee. Oh. Anyway, uh, I was insisting that I was going to finish the race, and they said, no, 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 and they dialed me an ambulance. Oh, God. And I got taken to the hospital for dehydration. Oh. Got through four IV drips in an afternoon. Oh, God. And uh, that entire... Uh, story, I think, stemmed from talking about you having a personal trainer. Yes. Uh, and the idea of pushing the limits of your body and whether or not it's like you just being mentally weak and saying, no, my body doesn't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Or like genuinely your body saying, hey, 
JP, slow it down, man. And it's like, it's almost a point of pride now with hindsight. It's like I have at least once pushed my body to, at its time, at the time, its, its physical limitations. It's a crazy thing to do. It is. It's also scary because you could have died. Yeah, but there were people everywhere. Yeah. Did you think that maybe... People um, never die when they're around other people. And yeah, then the facts. Unless they get shot. Mm, well, there's not a lot you can do about that. Yeah, except get down. Yeah, you got to get down. Yeah. It's a, do you know when, when I came to America and I saw even just cops walking around with big old guns? Big old dicks. Or like you see yeah. uh, people in military uniform with a large a large gun at places. Like an AK or a... a so unco- it is like I, it is it's scary to see any anyone even people who are traditionally meant to have them as positions of authority yeah it is scary i remember the first time i saw one i think in like the israeli airport or maybe it was like um it was the airport in belgium when i was a kid i saw a guy with a big old automatic strapped to his chest and i was like holy shit i've mm. never seen that before no and now because you, you should the- you shouldn't you shouldn't yeah. see that no one should walk around knowing that someone has that kind of thing on their person yeah you can't act normal. It's true. Yeah, it definitely changes the dynamic significantly. But, I mean, there's both... People would say that, oh, it changes it to the point where you understand you have to behave, but there's a person... The person who is going to misbehave doesn't care about that. No. Then it goes back to the whole thing, oh, if guns are outlawed, only outlaws have guns. It's like that circular argument the un- where, Yeah, the unfixable problem. Yeah. Well, You're right. So, so why don't we have more? I think more is the fix. I think that, I think that's that's sort of my solution to all problems is that um, just turn the volume up until the system breaks. Can't you guys just draw a circle around the middle of America and say guns are legal in this part of America? We could, but the and you throw is, all the guns in the middle. Everyone who wants yeah. guns goes there, and then like the people on the coast get to enjoy the coast. But the people on the coast love guns just as much. Truly, they do. Well, if you love guns, you have to live in the middle. They would say it's my right to live wherever I want because it is you can live wherever you want. Uh, you say, well, you send them to my office. Okay. I'll, exp- I'll explain everything. We'll have a, real we'll have nice a foreigner explain to yeah. you why. I mean, uh, you, uh, everything you're saying right now is like basically uh, the biggest nightmare for any person who wants guns. It's like, you're telling me a fucking foreigner <laughs> is going to tell me where I can live <laughs> and what I can have? A fucking foreigner? I don't give a fuck who he is or what he knows. He's going to tell me and my family, you're going to take my wife away and fuck her in a field? You are not. That's, that was not part of the stipulation, well, that's sir. what he would say. He'd say, look, no one's going to take my wife away yeah. from me and have sex with her while I watch through a telescope. No <laughs> yeah, one yeah. will do that. Sir, it's no one said that. Interesting conduit into their greatest fear, right? How it's like, dare you <laughs> take my wife away, who is very large? What? You, you mean you're going to reduce me to standing on my porch, putting my dick inside of a half-formed brick? Yeah, a brick that's crumbling off my home? You, you want to watch me fuck a brick? You want to have my own penis dry inside of a pile of concrete until it is encased in there and it has to shrink back to normal size, pulling with it pieces of the dry concrete. That's exactly what the circle in the middle of the map represents, sir. How, but how, you could, here's the deal. You can come to my home. 
come inside and I'll treat you to a dinner of bullets that you will soon not forget. I, I'm going to reject that invitation. My wife I and my... No desire for this meal of bullets. My large son, Jeffrey, will take you downtown. That's, with due respect, I, I feel like maybe we're at an impasse. I don't know that this conversation is productively moving forward anymore. Do you like beef? I, I don't actually like beef. Do you eat meat? No, no, I don't oh, eat meat. Oh, my fucking God. If you said you eat meat, it would have solved the problem. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't eat meat. And really? where I grew up, is a, people love meat. They love meat. And when I went back recently and saw, like, one of my mum's friends from mm. when we were younger, she goes, uh, I hear you're a vegetarian now. And I said, yeah? And she goes, what about bacon? <laughs> And I said, oh, well, no, that, there's no bacon. That's, that's meat. Yeah, and then she goes, oh, chicken? And literally rattles off seven meats. <laughs> and he said, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, no, what do all these things have in common, Bells? They're meats. Even, what about bacon? No, what no. About back bacon? Shoulder bacon? Well, it doesn't matter where it comes from. belly? Pig, pork bellies? Quite, uh, pork pork belly is delicious. What if you're like pork belly? Yeah, obviously I have pork belly. Yeah. If I feel like pork belly, I could still eat it. How long has it been since you've eaten meat? Uh, Why? Well, I, I, I had to eat meat on a plane recently because no? my vegetarian meal request didn't go through. And it was like a 15-hour oh. flight. You had to eat. Well, you got to eat food. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, so what, like three months? There's some sort of... um. What about before that? Uh, it would be a year. I went to a nice, re- maybe like I went to a nice, a really, really, really nice restaurant. And I was like, well, at this nice restaurant, it was sort of, you know, small plates. Right. And I thought it was in Spain. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to let the Spanish oh, chef feed me refer- the food they want to feed me. Are you referring to tapas? Yeah, I suppose I am. That's what my people call tapas. Ah, I had no idea that you were one yes, of those people. Those I am tapas from people. Catalan. <laughs> I am from what's known as... Uh, Ibiza, as my language we Me- call it. Mallorca. I, am, I was born in Mallorca, and I moved to Ibiza. Do you like Rafael Nadal? I don't know who that is. Yeah, neither. Is it music? Nah, he's an athlete. Oh. He's got nice muscles. Oh. He's a... Uh, he's a big old boy. He's a big boy. He's a big rig. <laughs> you wouldn't want him running at you at full steam. Rafa, is, is he a footy player? Nah, tennis. Tennis. You like tennis a lot. Yeah, I like tennis plenty. You play tennis? Uh, yeah, not probably, but I, well, I follow the rules. Right. I can get the ball back. Sometimes I hit the ball well enough that the person on the other side of the net, well, they don't stand a dang chance. They're unable to return. That's right. But then other times I can't even get the flipping ball over the net. Did you come here on a tennis scholarship? That's why I'm in America. That's right. How did you get here? Uh like, how did it, 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 me, Guy Montgomery? The, yeah, diplomatically, how did Guy Montgomery get to America? I, it's not easy to do. No, I uh, built up a list of credits right. in the Antipodes and uh, put them all together. What's the Antipodes? It's sort of the the surrounding areas of New Zealand. It involves Australia and some I of the Pacific nations as well. Antipodes? Yeah. Uh, and so I put all of that information together along with uh, some media clippings and a right. dossier, and I handed it to a U.S. immigration lawyer along with a check for roughly 6000 American dollars. Jesus Christ. And they took all of that and then persuaded some low-ranking bureaucrat in the government that I'm competent enough at performing comedy to try and ply my trade here in the United States of America, the greatest country on earth. God bless her soul. What? What?
But yeah, that's how I did it. When did you do that? Uh, October 2017. Okay, so recently. Pretty recently, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So but you've been here for about a year and something. Yeah, just over a year. But you live in New York. I live in New York. What made you decide to go to New York and not Los Angeles? Uh, an ungodly amount of self-confidence and a long-held misguided sense of romance. Because <laughs> you're like, New York, baby, you got to go to New York. It's got to be New York, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, those things. I always like. I, I I thought that New York was a more livable city, yeah. not necessarily in terms of actual livability, but just there's more opportunity. I don't know anyone. There's more opportunity to meet people in I, New York. I think that probably is actually true. You're walking around. You're running into people. Yeah. But those people don't want to be your friend. But you can do more comedy in New York than you can here. Yeah. You can. My e- I think my ego got in the way a little bit, where it's like I did a few open mics when I first got there, and yeah. I found them so demoralizing and so depressing, yeah. and just I was they were taking so much more from me than I could have hoped to get out of them. Right. That I I stopped going, and then I've sort of been taking the long route and trying to figure out how to do it, like uh, trying to make friends mm-hmm. and uh, build a career that way. By also still, but then also you know being being funny. I think open mics are kind of uh, not as effective as people claim they are. Well, I, when I start, I started doing uh, comedy through open mics in Toronto, yeah. and I would, I was, I was hopeless. So I would gobble them down. Yeah. I got really obsessed with numbers. I was like, I'll do a minimum of ten a week. What were you doing in Toronto? I moved there to to uh, to try and start doing comedy and get good, okay at comedy. When did you do that? Twenty uh, twelve. Okay, so you moved from so you had to do another immigration thing. Yeah, but there's sort of an agreement amongst Commonwealth nations. Oh, right. It's like, oh, we're all the same. Yeah, come come on over. We're all under the thumb of the Queen. That's right. Liz. The Queen will allow you to travel wherever you wish under the banner of her name. Do you wish to go to the northernmost territories of Canada? You shall be granted passage. (laughs) Do you wish to travel to utmost regions of darkest Africa? You shall be granted this. If we are under the patronage of Her Majesty's flag, Her Majesty the Queen... 16543-21456-1911. Could you please just stamp my passport? <laughs> Under the Commonwealth oh, Agreement okay. of 1605, I shall grant you passage to any it, area yeah. you wish to receive passagement to. If you wish to go to the northernmost territories of the Yukon, you shall be here. You've outlined sort of the jurisdiction of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II's reign. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth yeah. II under I, King I, I George the First has applied. I'm going to miss my flight. A if wisdom you don't, to the. It's just the territories okay. of northernmost well. Ireland and Scotland have been deemed untravelable as to do ah. heathenistic. <laughs> okay, that's okay. I wasn't planning on going there. That was a nice. Uh, that was a cool guy you had going there. I think that's basically a character from Braveheart. That one guy who goes like. Um, under the king's name, we shall be given first night with the... He says some shit like that. He has a, do you know this is this? Hello, I am British. I work for the king. That's good. I like this guy. The king is here. He wishes you to bow. If you do not, you shall be killed. How many guys do you think you've got in you? Like fully fleshed out guys. How many guys? It would take... 
a lot of time to figure out. But some guys are just, it's just a real quick approximation of a character from a movie I've seen 12 times. Yeah. See, I, I have that, but I don't have the, I'm not at a point, like, I don't get to necessarily choose when they come out. Or, like, yeah. I have to be in a very comfortable circumstance hanging out with friends or even by myself where I get into a certain frame of mind. But, like, in instances like this, I can't just pull them out of the, pull them out of myself in that way. And Maybe I, you I, just I, pull them out. You gotta, I know, it's a confidence thing, right? Everything's a confidence game. I think a lot of stuff is a confidence game. Or I think, uh, conversely, I think when I first started doing com- comedy, it wasn't. I guess I did have a lot of confidence, but I think com- I was also something where I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah, and so I was yeah. really confident. There's no I, easier time to to do it because you you don't know what is normal. Yeah, yeah. Or there's there's no. I had no preconceived. How notions. long? How long did you I enjoy that grace period before you got the the weight of what is and isn't done and what other people are doing started to get get down on you? I would say it probably was a. a indistinguishable amount of time that was gradual. I also think I've had returns to where I purposely made myself unaware of other things. So Mm. I wasn't thinking, I wasn't thinking like, oh, did someone do this? Because I honestly feel that the idea that someone else has done something is absolute bullshit. Unless you're literally stealing, stealing it like, oh, I'm taking what they said and using it as my own because like you're what's the making a conscious decision to to steal something unless you're doing that you can't steal something mm. because it's like you saying something is going to be different than me saying it because it's coming out of your mouth and not mine so everyone has an inherent um way I, w- to do I would things. agree but then there are certain topics that have been done so well or certain things that have been executed so perfectly like you know Ideas that share an essence or a strain yeah. of thought that I, if I see that or come across, I'm like, ah, they got there first. I think that's bullshit, though. Yeah. I remember years ago, like six or seven years ago, I heard Sarah Silverman saying something about this. She was talking about how, like, oh, like if you're a new comedian and you don't want to do, you feel like you want to do material about airplanes, just do it because it's okay. This like this idea, like, oh, you're a hack if you talk about this, yeah. these five things. So like, if you do, if you do any of it not. well. Or, you know, your think, yeah. version of an airplane joke. I agree, I agree with that. I think it's but fine. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it takes confidence to be like, oh, I'm going to do this. But it's definitely, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No, I agree. I think what I was thinking of is more specific to like lines of logic within a joke yeah. about airplanes or whatever. Totally. You know? But uh, it's hard, it is hard. There's a, there's a real beauty to when you start, like just being like, oh, yeah. Anything's, anything's possible before your, uh, you know, the like horrible soul crushing logic of your brain gets in the way of your aspiration or ideas about what's going to go really well. As long as it floats, it's okay. If it floats for you, it's, it's good and it's great. Yeah. Until someone's like, hey, so, that's a lot like this other guy's joke. <laughs> I remember someone telling me that. I was like, oh, really? And then someone was, someone, the person, who he said it was like's joke was there. It's like, I stole that from Jerry Lewis. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> I remember thinking that. I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't, because I didn't steal from someone. I just was doing something I wanted to you do. You took that from someone who took it from someone else. It was like a physical joke. Oh, wow. It's like, oh, how can you steal a physical joke? What was the joke? I think it was had to do with something with, uh, this is what I used to do for the first couple of years in comedy. I would struggle. To, I would just constantly be readjusting the mic stand, saying like, um, like intros to a punchline. Yeah, that's great. And just like constantly changing it, being like, or not, not. I would just say setups and then move the mic stand around, like I'm trying to fix it. Yeah, just yeah. Just say that a bunch, 
that was I did that forever. And it was something that was like a weird thing where I, I kind of felt like I had to do it because it allowed me to uh, kind of like, you know how if you go, have you ever been scuba diving? No, I've not been scuba diving. There's like this thing when you go scuba diving, they say you have to get your head wet. You have to go under the water all the way before you go in. Otherwise, your body has this weird response where once your face, when your face gets wet and cold, you have this like automatic response to go, <gasps> it fucks with your head. Yeah. But if you're already wet and and cold or coldish, you don't do that. Yeah. And so it's like a safety thing where you have to get all wet first. So that you're, yeah. And so that was you doing that in comedy where it's like you're submerging your whole, your whole body. Yeah. Basically like committing fully at the top so I can. When you decided to refine it, you're, you were totally used to the feeling of, you know, the, the full spectrum of experience you can have as a yeah. performer on stage. But I wasn't doing that consciously. I just realized that later. Like, oh shit. It's just me committing super hard at the very beginning. So. It's almost like, okay, I guess I'm in. I'm, yeah. There's no turning back. I have to do this now. I'm fully committed. It's almost like getting a face tattoo or something where, okay, I guess I'm going to either work in retail or be a rapper for the rest of my life. And that's just how it is. Can we play a song? Yes, let's play a song. It sounds like a good idea, right? Eh? I want to play a song. Um, it's it's actually, tonally, it's it's not even in touch. Actually, you know, I'm going to play another New Zealand song. Yes. Uh, can we play a song called When I Return? By Shape Shifter. Ooh. One word, even though I said it like I've never two. heard of this. Oh my gosh. Is this it? You better believe this is it. Do you like that? <laughs> this is like what you listen to when you're 17 and you're uh, studying for an exam and you're like, man, when summer rolls around, I'm going to go and see these guys live and I'm going to drink one more beer than I should. Yes. Take some rat poison, parading his ex ecstasy. And life's going to be good. How much rat poison have you taken, you think? Uh, I don't know. Enough. Enough, enough to not know the, uh, the amount. Enough to know that... Do you think it's not that great anymore or what? Drugs. Yeah, or just specifically um, ecstasy. I don't think in New Zealand it's specifically necessarily good. Yeah. But you go to some of the uh, larger parts, larger cities, yeah. and the stuff they're peddling uh, can be a lot of fun. Right. It can make you feel quite ecstatic, actually. Yeah. Which is an incredible coincidence, given the name of the drug. Totally. Ecstatic ecstasy. Mm. Dude, this sounds so dated to me in yeah. a weird way. How old is this? It is super dated. So it is old. This would be like 2005. This says oh, you thought this is what we're making? I thought if this was current, I'd be like... What's happening? Yeah, this yeah. Is, but yeah, again, like this is no good to anyone you introduce it to necessarily. This reminds me so much of driving around, like, yeah, this time. Driving all the stuff like this. I would call this acid jazz. Yeah, it is certainly an acid jazz. But they were the only band in New Zealand doing it, so they ascended to the top. Dude, I was so into acid jazz for about six months. <laughs> I'll play you this one song this reminds me of. God, this is funny. There's this whole I think thing. Everyone now. gets into acid jazz at some point. Yes. Damn. You just got this, this is there's a little change here. Is this acid jazzy enough for you? Yes. This just feels like someone trying to have a club night. There's, there's little candles. Hi, my name is Monica. Um, this is welcome. This is Tuesdays. We call this Bodhisattva Tuesdays. Um, we have drink specials. We have. How much is it to come in? Oh, we're not open just yet, actually. Yeah. This is like when you get to the bar 
and they're still setting up. Like you get there really early. They haven't turned the lights down yet. And this is the first song that comes on when I turn the lights down. Yeah. All right, I can serve you guys. What, what, what do you yeah, want? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's so interesting. I'm glad you described it as dated because you, to me, it, like, it exists so perfectly in this vacuum of time. It's such yeah. a great song. But when you introduce it to people, you feel like vulnerable and silly because you're yeah. like, I oh, know this is like this is to you, this is bad or like. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anything's really bad anymore. I just think of stuff as being very specific of a certain thing, which yeah. isn't really. That's what music does. Yeah. I make a little playlist every month so that you know because music so it works so it's so powerful. Oh, it's for so that. evocative, it's insane. And then you you've got a place in time you can go back to. You do the it song... every month. Yeah. Really. Yeah. What's your current playlist this month? Uh, it's only like four songs. What do you have? Uh, I get it up. Yeah. Uh, shit out. Deep Shadows by Little Ann. Little Ann? Yeah. Oh my god, how did you find that? Uh, that's one of my favorite fucking songs of all time. I'm not kidding. I, I was just digging around. Dude. Okay, we'll listen to this right now, okay? It's a beautiful song. The song you played at the end of your last episode, I tried to find, but I couldn't. Oh. Because I was listening to it on my phone, so I couldn't Shazam it. I can't think what it was. I think it was uh, it was uh, Eldridge Holmes. It was something off Eld- something by Eldridge Holmes. This record is one of my favorite records of all time. I had this record. I bought it in Portland probably like seven years ago at Mississippi Records. Just bought it on the cover alone. Dude, this shit... Wait, we've got a problem here. There's two things playing at once. It's a classic. Uh, we've got a problem. Here it is. Okay, let's listen to this from the top. Jesus Christ. That's so funny. You just found it on Spotify or what? Yeah. This album is, this song is, this whole album is outstanding. Her voice is so untrained too. It's, you can definitely hear her inexperience. Do you know what I've always thought this song needs? What? Two people talking about how great it is while it plays. Yes. That's really the theme of this podcast. It sort of pushes it right over the edge. It is so, it is, yeah. It's a beauty. The, the other song that's presently on it is um, is called Four Walls by Eddie Holman. Okay, Eddie Holman? Holman, H-O-L-M-A-N. Four Walls. Eddie, e, Eddie Holman. This is again. This is more northern northern soul. You know what that term means? Northern soul. Uh, I can't. I can't separate soul and America into the quadrants of the compass. There's but like, I, I know that movements exploded in different well, places. It's, it's uh, England. Like you used to have these dances back in like, like Birmingham and like Brighton and shit back in the '60s. They were obsessed with uh, certain kinds of American soul music. Yeah. So it's called northern soul because it was played in northern England. Oh wow. And all this shit is like. Big time, like people in England will pay hundreds of maybe thousands of dollars for some of these singles. Yeah. And some of them are just one hits. There's, Eddie Holman has another song that's really fucking good that I used to listen to all the time. This is great though. So you like the more art, you like the slower, more like this more I, sensitive stuff, huh? I like, uh, you know, you wind up liking a huge. Sp- I think Spotify, it's terrible for reten- uh, retention. Yeah. But uh, it's incredible for introducing you to new uh, music or artists within genres that you 
you like. Like the and the more you feed the algorithm, the the better it gets. Like my Discover Weekly now, I'd say it's up to eighty five percent stuff that I like. Mine's starting to get kind of not accurate because it's sort of treading on stuff that I already have listened to, and I'm sort of like, um, you know, I, I don't want to hear it anymore, kind of thing. Because I've either already like it, know about it, so I'm not discovering it, or it's something where I just, yeah, it's like I want to, I want to break out of what it's already doing. To it's me. like, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, oh, gosh dang, I've forgotten the word, a simul. What's simul? <laughs> of, of, of like this, the best version of the songs that you've already found within the genre. Right. What's the word? Simul. Simulacrum. Simulacrum. God, I gotta. This is my favorite little ant song. We should end with this one, man. This, this, you're gonna fucking go nuts for this. This Eddie Hallman's fucking ripping. This is heavy and dark. This is real dark. Yeah. It's like you're on the streets. It's nice. It's kind of rainy. You play it when it's raining, yeah. I listen to it on the drive here. Okay, ready for this shit? This is Little Ann. This is off the same album. This is Who You Trying to Fool. See, I like the more of this kind of stuff. It's a little more upbeat. This is great. This is stepping out. This is stepping out? Yeah, like you put this on, you know, like you, when people are coming over, you want the song to be playing. So yeah. you're like, oh, we're about to have a fun night, you know? Hey, guys, come on in. The other song is like 2.30. You're all back at your place having a red wine. Yes. And you're talking about your feelings finally after seven and a half hours of build-up. And you, is that like a New Zealand thing? You think people kind of cagey like that? Yeah, people don't talk about their feelings until the very end of the night, and then they pack in all the stuff that they wanted to talk about for the end, you know. What's your suffered? relationship like with the dead? It's, it's good. We get along uh, swimmingly, famously. <laughs> Although I think it's really blossomed in the last five years. Really? Yeah. Nice. What do you think did it? Uh... I think you grow older and more confident within right? yourself. And, uh, like, you know, we both let, you know, time moves on and you both let, let walls and guards down a little bit. That makes sense. And I think he started, uh, he's relaxed into the idea that I'm pursuing comedy. Oh, so it's yeah. like it's not underpinned by some sort of anxiety he's carrying about my uh, livelihood and well-being. He knows you're all in at this point. It's too late. Yeah, absolutely. I've got no other developed skills. I do think that's a good way to look at it. Though. I like thinking about it that way. It's like yeah. just fucking. Well, you've got to take away. You've got to take away Plan B because otherwise, how are you going to commit to Plan A? Exactly. Yeah. You got to do Plan A only. Plan A. Guy, do you want uh, people to know about anything? Uh, yeah. If uh, will this be released within the week? No, it'll probably be like a couple, couple weeks. Couple of weeks. Maybe two weeks. I don't know exactly. Okay. Uh, in which case. Just, I've got a podcast which they might like. Yes. The Worst Idea of All Time. I heard about this. Talk about it. Uh, a friend and comic, Tim Bat. Uh-huh. He and I co-host it. And the premise is we watch and review the same movie every week for a year. That is truly the, it's not so much the worst idea ever. It's like the, it sounds like insanity. 
Well, and that's that's sort of the oral experience, is you just listen to two adults slowly devolving into a puddle of self-created misery. What's it called again? The Worst Idea of All Time. Podcast. Podcast. With Guy Montgomery. Yeah. GuyMontgomery.com. Guy Montgomery forward slash. No, I used to have a website at Guy Mont Comedy, uh-huh. but uh, it's under construction right now. Because okay. it was outdated. Yeah, you got to get that under construction, get it, you know, lock it's, it in. It's better to not have a website than have an old one. Because people Agreed. look it up and it's like an old bio and old stuff. See, I have an old one. I need to update that shit. Update it. I will. Thanks for being here, guys. I actually think I clicked on your website on the podcast page for this. Yeah? And it took me to, uh, I think I had the option to buy the domain name. Jo- uh, com. Yeah, and I did. Yeah. How much are they selling it for right now? Let's see here. Well, how much is I, am I selling it for is the real question. I got it for cheap. They want $1,800 for johnnypemberton.com. Yeah, and it's going up by the minute. Damn. I have johnnypemberton.dog. That's my website. That's cool. Yep. Fuck.com. .com is done with, man. Fuck a .com. <laughs> fuck.com is a good address. Fuck Imagine if your com. website was fuck.com. Fuck. I bet fuck.com is the most expensive website ever. Let's look at it right now. I'm going to look at it real quick, then we're going to get out of here. Have you been fed your... Uh, 2018 in review uh, playlist by Spotify yet? No. If you go to uh, right. For You or whatever on it, you we because what I'd love to hear is your most played song from the year to play oh. us out. How does that sound? If, uh, you can do it on your computer. Yes, okay. How do I do it? Uh, you go, I'll come around. Okay, he's going to come around. Here we are on my... On my uh... You go browse, I think. You're a real Spotify guy. Maybe even made for you. Yeah, I, I think if you feed it, if you feed it the information, it's good. Your top songs, 2018. You yes. ready for the reveal? I'm ready for the reveal. Most listened to song. Oh, this makes sense. This is a good one. Is it Australia? Australia, cruel. Special request to a man called Nicodemus in New York City. I'm going to take a hit of my weed You're vape no while this plays. Yeah. Boomer. Thanks for being here, guy. Thanks for having me. Flash it in a A, flash it in a B, flash it in a C, I'm gonna die in This is great. So I'm gonna kill you with Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for being here.